Welcome to the Sunday Service Podcast of the Kingston Unitarian Fellowship, located in Southeast Ontario. Unitarian Universalism is a progressive free faith grounded in the promises of community and inspired by how we hold our shared faith's principles and sources. For more information about Canadian Unitarianism, please go to our website, kuf.ca, and our national website, cuc.ca. In the world of filmmaking, which some of you know I did before I began this journey, there's a job called the focus puller. And there are many who consider it the most difficult job on a film set. This individual is a member of the camera crew and their responsibility is to maintain the sharpness of the image or of the action being filmed. Pulling focus, uh, and this is directly from Wikipedia. (laughs) Naming my sources. Pulling focus refers to the act of changing the lens's focus distance setting in correspondence to a moving subject's physical distance from the focal plane. For example, if an actor moves from 8 meters to 3 meters away from the focal plane within one shot, the focus puller will change the distance setting on the lens during the take in precise relation to the changing position of the actor. End quote. This is also a way of moving an audience's attention, an audience's eye, by shifting from one point within the framed shot to another, as the action being filmed moves, or as the conversation being filmed moves from one person to another. The focus puller is responsible for keeping each exact moment and movement and object or actor speaking a line in focus and then changing on cue seamlessly. They might not get a second chance. An actor may not be able to perform the perfect take twice. And an image that's soft is unusable and unfixable. No pressure. (laughs) Obviously, this is a really high pressure job and that's why it's given the, for many, it's understood to be one of the most difficult jobs. This is a person who has to know everything that's going to happen before it happens, has to know the director's intentions, has to know what's going to happen, everything. Anytime you watch a movie or a film, you see this happening, but you don't necessarily notice it. You're not supposed to. I do, but 
My ability to watch films was ruined by working in the film industry. <laughs> if it's done artfully though, if it's done artfully, you will notice and you will be carried away. You will be dazzled by the genius of that person whose name you may never know unless you sit and watch the credits. I'm the one who sits and watches the credits. <laughs> Pulling focus. Intentionally shifting what the lens is seeing most clearly from far to near, from near to far, from person to person, from the tennis ball to the face of the player. And isn't this a fabulous idea for how to use consciousness? The consciousness that we have been gifted with as thinking, reasoning beings in a productive way. The psychologist Rick Hansen wrote, your attention is like a combination spotlight and vacuum cleaner. It highlights what it lands on and then sucks it into your brain for better or worse. One of my grandmothers could not not watch the news, could not not watch her specific discussion shows, all PBS, NPR, public broadcasting, right? But she couldn't not watch it every day for hours, two, three, four hours. I'm totally cool with being up to date on what's going on. And sometimes it meant that when I wanted to have conversations with her about other things, she wasn't able to pull her attention away from where her attention was being placed by all those people she was giving power to in her life. A few minutes a day, great. Four hours a day? Especially in moments in time where there is a lot of conflict and a lot of division. When there are a lot of lies and mistruths and half-truths being sold to us wholesale as truth or fact. Sometimes she heard me and sometimes she didn't. <coughs> From Nick Cave, quote, I have always seen it as a kind of parental duty to show my own children beautiful stuff and in so doing reveal to them an alternate world, end quote. That same grandmother, same person, beautiful soul, she had a business card under her name. It said, Living Legend. <laughs> I'm not lying. 500 people showed up to her funeral. 
It was a Quaker-style funeral. Do you know how long that could go? brilliant, amazing, incredible human being. And she was the one from the age of three, four years old who hauled me off to museums. Yes, she took me to the science museum and the children's museum. She also took me to the art museum and expected me to behave. She took me to every special exhibit in the art museum in Boston. It was a two-hour drive each way. This was before there was a major highway from where she lived into the city. So you took small little highways. She always took us to the art museum and always wanted us to stop and appreciate the art. Did you know the average person in an art museum spends less than 17 seconds looking at a piece of art? Not long enough. Tension, pulling focus. Isn't this beautiful? Same person, this grandmother, offered me these two gifts, offered me this ability to see pulling focus from place to place. So let's take a moment to contemplate together what this means, how it applies. Think about a moment in your life when your attention was pulled from what you had been focused on to something else, for better or worse. This could have been an expected moment. It could have been an unexpected moment. It could be a particularly precious moment of which you remember every second. It could be an unexpected or uncomfortable moment. And I will note, as I say these words, please do not go to the most horrible moment of your life. That's not what this exercise is for. Come back. Go to something a little less mm, difficult, okay? This was a teachable moment in your life, any teachable moment. Any moment where you had a personal aha The young person from our children's story today walking in the woods and suddenly hearing what his grandparent had been referring to. Aha! Take a deep breath and just notice when your attention had been pulled from one place to another. One of my favorite Buddhist teachers, Sylvia Borstein, wrote these words. Open quote. If you take a deep breath and look around, look what's happening to me can become, look what's happening. And what is happening? The incredible drama of life is happening and we are in it. End quote. So I have another story from my world, from my life. And and this was my very first meta retreat. And it was actually, I sat with Sylvia Borstein, who is a wonderful teacher of loving kindness. 
And I'd been there for five days in silent meditation from 6 a.m. until 9.30 or so p.m. every day. And I had my second interview with Sylvia. Now, she's the lead teacher of the retreat. There were eight teachers, and she was the lead. And usually both of your one-on-one interviews would not be with the head teacher. But four members of my immediate family had just died within a six-month period. And she was just wanting to keep tabs on me. She wanted to know how I was doing and wanted to know that I was okay. So I appreciated her, her making sure that happened for my sake. And I, I shared with her that while I was doing my meditation, I noticed there were words just dropping out of the meta resolves that I was using. You are familiar with this. I've used them before with you. And at, at the time, actually, I was using a slightly longer form of the resolves, which I've used with you. May I feel safe and protected from inner and outer harm. Became safe, protected. I dropped a few words there. They just, they just fell away from the meditation. May I abide with happiness of heart. Became happiness. Heart. May I be healthy and feel strong, became healthy, strong. May I live with ease in the world, became ease. But then that last one started to become something else. It started to become calm, the word, but it was more than that. It was a feeling of calm, calmness. And then all of a sudden it became peace, peacefulness. And I shared this with Sylvia, and this is a quote that I spoke to her from my still very broken heart. And I was surprised as I said these words. This was a surprise to me. This is me. Quote. And then every once in a while, joy sneaks in. End quote. She laughed when I said this to her. She was delighted because she knew that this meditation, the loving-kindness meditation that I was doing, had begun to heal my grief, my heart, my wound, my brokenness. I didn't know it yet. I didn't see it yet. But she knew. And then she looked into my eyes. I swear to God, this is what she said. She looks into my eyes and she says, that's going to be the title of your first book. You could have knocked me over with a feather. I'd never even occurred to me. Literally, that had never even occurred to me. And my world instantly expanded. Split second. My world instantly expanded. After years of companioning my beloved grandmothers and my beloved father and my beloved sister-in-law to their deaths along with the many, many, many others who loved each and every one of them, my focus was pulled. My focus, all of a sudden, included my life. 
me. Now that would be a brilliant focused pull in a movie, wouldn't it? Spirit of love and life, please keep reminding us of the blessings in our lives at just the right moment. Allow us to be a blessing in the lives of others. And may we together look at the difficult and the beautiful, knowing that where we direct the power of our consciousness has the power to change the world. Hare Om Shanti Shalom Peace Blessed be Thank you for joining us for this Sunday service podcast from the Kingston Unitarian Fellowship Please feel free to check back each month for additional episodes, and if you're able to contribute financially to this community-supported enterprise, we would deeply appreciate your generosity in any amount.